We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everybody? This is Rob from Striking Gold. Before we get to today's pod, I wanted to tell you guys about the Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire, just like Crocker and I. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast, you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top producers, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course to fill full that's full of tips and tricks. All right. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get in on all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown.
And we're back. What's up, everybody? My name's Rob. You, like you already know, are listening to the Striking Gold podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire, and joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Dude, how are you? How you are? You are one catch away from fulfilling your bet after he Kendrick Bourne just caught one pass today. How do how do you feel right now? I was a little upset with with CJ Beathard. You know, um, clearly I could see where Kyle was going with his game plan. I think it was one of those things where he's just like, man, like if if the defense can really hold them, we can win this game if we just don't turn the ball over. And they tried to turn the ball over before halftime. Um, I mean, they did, <laughs> but outside of that, I think he just tried to do whatever he could to just get out of the game with a win, and that also meant not really throwing the ball downfield to receivers or anywhere to receivers because there was only four passing attempts to the receivers. So uh, <laughs> definitely not ideal for me, not ideal for the receivers. Uh, you know, Ayuk only saw two passes all game. Uh, not ideal. Uh, man, it was it was tough. It was tough for me to watch because I'm I'm looking at the game almost like you know like anybody else that's gambling, right? Like you're looking at scenarios, right? And say you picked it over, and you can kind of see how the game is going. Where it's like, oh, I don't think we're gonna throw the ball anymore. Um, it, it was one of those type of situations, and it, it it was tough. It was tough because again, one catch away, and now it's like, okay, are they gonna throw it to Kendrick Bourne at all next week? You know, the one thing I looked at <laughs> about that game, man, like as I was watching it. I was like, dude, like they Kendrick wasn't really involved at all in on passing situations. They were going a lot of 21 personnel. Um, or even if it wasn't 21 personnel, they maybe they went some 12 as well. But there was only two receivers out there for most of the first half, where it was uh Richie James and Brandon Ayuk. And uh I'm like, hell no, dude, get Kendrick Bourne on the field. Um, and then he jumped outside, so that wasn't ideal. But uh, you know, overall, it was it was tough, and everything's kind of riding on week sixteen. Coming down to the wire, man. Uh, week seventeen. Coming, yeah, yeah. We game sixteen, week seventeen. We got you. Yeah. We we heard what you meant, not what you said. Yeah. But I guess I guess it would be important to let everybody know with the 49ers. Well, before that, obviously, I gotta let you guys know. Obviously, you guys know that usually when I get on here, I sound—I usually sound like a weird mix between Kermit the Frog and Ray Romano. So you all guys already—you already know what I sound like on here. But I have had crazy allergies all day. Like we're talking like every five minutes, I'm sneezing like like six or seven times. It's been brutal. So if I sound a little bit worse, or if I if I squeeze in a sniff from time to time, I'm going to try and mute my mic, but just don't persecute me. I wanted to give you all a heads up just so you can understand where I'm coming from. All right. And don't worry. I've already had COVID. And I'm not getting sick. I just have when the when the season starts to change and things get real cold, I usually get like one bad allergy attack a year. And and this is it. So I just want to give you guys a heads up. Okay. So, you know, a little courtesy to to striking gold out there. But anyways, another heads up before we get too far into the game. The 49ers won their sixth game of the season against the Arizona Cardinals today in what was a pretty solid performance for both sides of the ball, which is kind of weird. Obviously, given you're holding the Cardinals to 12 points, obviously the defense was was the stud of the two units. 
you know, doing it, doing its damn thing like we're used to seeing. But it was a, a pretty good game, it just overall, you know. And and like like Crocker said, the offensive game plan was obviously very limited. You know, pretty much all of the passes were down the middle of the field, whether it was to George Kittle or a couple of receivers, or it was just Jeff Wilson just pounding the ball. The 49ers just weren't going to get very creative against the Cardinals, and it worked. And it worked. The Cardinals could not do anything on offense. It was it was impressive. That was the most, and obviously I haven't watched every one of Kyler Murray's games this season, but for him to throw the ball 50 times and then couple that with his ability to scramble, because he threw the ball 50 times and he was their leading rusher, but both of those only accounted for a little bit over 300 yards of offense, which when you think about you know 50 passes flying through the air and eight rushes from a guy like Kyler Murray, that's not a whole lot of production for an offense. So it was it was pretty impressive to watch. And then on for the 49ers on offense, you had C.J. Beathard making his first start of the year as uh, Nick Mullins injured his elbow and is likely going to need Tommy John surgery, which is fairly serious in the quarterback world. Um, he made his first start. I believe it was a year since his brother died, so that was a pretty emotional press conference. Him, he basically said that he couldn't have couldn't have wrote it up any better, couldn't have created a better script. So it was just a very interesting game all around. But I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr., holy shit, man. 22 carries. The next closest person behind him was C.J. Beathard with three. 183 yards. <clears throat> 183 yards. He also had, where's that? Right there. He also had one catch for 21 yards and a touchdown on the same route that he beat the Cardinals with last season, little little arrow route over the middle from the backfield, took it right down the middle of the field for a 21-yard touchdown. That was like, damn. That was impressive. But I don't know. Crocker, what was your just, just overall impressions of the game, whether you're talking about anyone specific if you want? But what just what, what were you thinking? What are your thoughts throughout that game, and, and, and how did you come away feeling? I thought they did you know just a terrific job on – the Cardinals offense and, you know, limiting uh, the the back-breaking plays, right? I mean, the Cardinals still had some big plays on the ground. Um, they went for it several times on fourth down that, you know, they got a few of them. Obviously, the 49ers stopped them when it, you know, counted most. I, I was really impressed with just their ability to limit the big plays for the most part. Now, again, they had some help. Uh, there was a, a drop down the field by a Cardinals tight end. Um, there was a big play down the middle of the field. I don't think that resulted in a touchdown. Um, you know, they they overall defense played very well. And offense just, they didn't kill themselves. And that's what we've seen, right? Um, when you look at some of the past games with the Cowboys, I mean, just setting them up in scoring position over and over and over, right? Um, when you look at uh, you know, other games where 49ers throw like pick sixes and like the Washington football team game, you know, a pick six, a fumble to the to the crib, like just all these self-inflicted mistakes. They didn't do that this game. And ultimately they win. That That's what we've been waiting for. Right. I mean, it was clear that in a lot of these games, the 49ers should have a better record if they just don't shoot themselves in the foot. And by that, I mean, like quarterback, can you take care of the ball? And this was the first time where, you know, outside that one play, 49ers took care of the ball and, you know, it led to a win. I, I'm not surprised by that outcome. 
whoops, I was muted. I started talking, but obviously I'm, I'm mute in between, in between Crocker talking, I'm muting myself, blowing my nose, making sure that when I hop back on here, I'm not just going to be sniffing the whole time. But, um, I, I, what you said there was about the fact that, I mean, it really comes down to now, now don't get me wrong. I want to preface this with a little bit. Do I feel like CJ Beathard is a better quarterback than Nick Mullins? No, not really. They might be different, but I don't think he's necessarily, a, you know, a better caliber of of player than Nick Mullins. But C.J. Beathard came in in his first start of 2020, so vastly less experience and reps than Nick Mullins has had this year, and didn't turn over the ball. And that was, and that just showed us that all the 49ers needed was to just hold on to the ball. And don't throw it to the defense, especially like Crocker said with the Washington game, where not only were you giving it up to the defense, but you're doing it in a fashion where it resulted in points for them. In the Washington game, the defense scored more than their offense because of, you know, some questionable decisions from Nick Mullins. And CJ Beathard did have one throw that that probably should have been intercepted, but that was it. And and the one fumble, I and, and Nick Mullins had his fair share of these too, but the one fumble that CJ had, he was coming back to throw the ball, and uh, Mike McGlinchey got put on his ass by Hassan Reddick, and Hassan Reddick came up and and got uh, got 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 a hold of CJ Beathard, knocked the ball free before his hand came forward. So it was super razor thin on that fumble, because I mean you could have made an argument that the ball was still in his hand as it started to go forward. But I also saw why the refs made the decision that the ball was knocked free before his hand started to go forward. So it was really close. And that was really the only turnover um, the offense gave the Cardinals. And it didn't even result in points because it was right there at the end of the first half. And they, they didn't have enough time to do anything. So it was just, you know, the defense played at the caliber that we are used to seeing. The offense didn't give the ball up like crazy. They put together a few good drives. And this game, obviously, no matter what the score is, it wouldn't have been, you wouldn't consider that a blowout. But Robbie Gould missed two field goals and an extra point. So it really should have been 27 to 12, which obviously, like I was just saying, you wouldn't consider that a blowout or any by any means, but it, it wasn't even really as close as it looks. The 49ers defense just did such a good job containing what the Cardinals do well. That it just it, it never got close, and even on their 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 last second drive to try and move down the field, they just couldn't get it done. And it, I would I would definitely say it ended with a very. What's the best way for me to say this? The last play of the game was a very was very representative of what we saw that game, and that was Kyler Murray throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins under pressure, only to having it broken up by Jason Verrett. Well, ish. He was he was right there making the play. It wasn't a great throw, and it was tough. Yeah. He he, right. he made it a difficult play for the Cardinals. That's a yeah. That's a good way of saying it. So, before you give me your thoughts on what you saw from Jason Verrett, let's get our let's get our words in from our sponsors. We will, and when we come back. I want to hear what Crocker Crocker Cropper Crocker has to say about one Jason Verrett going up against with what many believe was the best receiver in the NFL. So we'll be right back.
2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offers valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their seeding opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Do not forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE. It's all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Crocker, I know we're going to get into this more tomorrow, but I just feel like what we saw from Jason Verrett today, especially after what we saw from the 49ers in regards to guarding Hopkins the first time they played at the beginning of the season, I just feel like what we saw from Jason Verrett today has to be talked about. I want to hear what you think about it. Hit us with that knowledge. Yeah, you know, he he challenged the receivers, and that was the biggest difference uh, between – this matchup in the first matchup, right? If you remember after week one, that was the one thing that I was really disappointed in. You know, how the 49ers just did not challenge. They just did not challenge DeAndre Hopkins. It was pitch and catch all game. Um, 10-yard stops, 12-yard stops. Like, everything was just pitch and catch, pitch and catch. And I felt like they just didn't challenge him enough. Well, fast forward to this week, um, this week, this game that just finished, you know, 30 minutes ago. They challenged him every step of the way, um, whether it was a short pass, deep pass, you know, uh, especially with Jason Verrett. I mean, challenging him at the catch point. I, I was extremely impressed with their, I guess, with how they adjusted to defending not just him, but all the receivers. I mean, there was a, you know, there was a couple, you know, plays that that the Cardinals make, made. And, you know, when you have talented players on the other side of the field, they'll, they'll do that. Um uh, number 13. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now, but receiver from Texas A&M. Christian uh, Kirk? Christian Kirk. Uh, caught a deep ball on Keller Witherspoon. It was tight coverage. Uh, the thing I kind of tweeted out about that was Offensive like, pass interference? 
yeah, I mean, I saw everybody getting on with a spoon, and I'm like, okay, you guys don't see this arm fully extended, and I get it. It's spoon. I get it. But it's like, come on. It was tight coverage. And it was good to see, you know, just not just Verrett uh, make plays defensively, but Witherspoon as well. Uh, made a couple plays down the stretch, obviously an interception in the end zone that really kind of sealed the game. I thought the 49ers, uh, you know, secondary, for the most part, there were a couple plays here and there. But, you know, and, and again, we have to look at those things in, in the context of every every play, every game is not going to be perfect. Uh when you're playing against a, a team like the Arizona Cardinals, like they have firepower, like they have an explosive quarterback, they have an explosive running back that's uh, running for you know a thousand yards this year. They have DeAndre Hopkins who's leading the NFL in receiving yard. They have Christian Kirk who's actually having a really good season for you know the third receiver. Uh, they have guys that are really you know explosive and they're gonna make plays at some point. I thought the 49ers just did a really good job of limiting that. And, again, challenging receivers every step of the way and making it more difficult for them. Yeah, that was – it was impressive. So just to give you a little bit of context, when the 49 – because it has been a long time. When the 49ers played the Cardinals at the on the first game of the year, this was DeAndre Hopkins' first game with the Cardinals, right? Right. Was it was – it, yeah, right? That was this offseason. It just seems like so, so long ago. That the, the the Hopkins to the Cardinals trade happened, but on on their first game, first game of the season, the Cardinals targeted DeAndre Hopkins sixteen times. He caught fourteen passes for a hundred and fifty one yards, which so it was it was just far. And the next closest person behind him was Larry Fitzgerald with five targets. So it was just it was basically the Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins show. Fast forward to this week. Christian Kirk led the team with 10 targets. Well, he didn't lead the team in targets, but he led the team with receiving yards. He had seven catches for 76 yards, most of which came on that 30-yard, eight-yard play where he got away with a little OPI. And then behind him, as far as who actually had the biggest play of the offense, was Keyshawn Johnson, formerly of Fresno State. He had two catches for 50 yards. And then you had DeAndre Hopkins, who led the team in targets and catches but only had a total of 48 yards. So he had eight catches on 12 targets for 48 yards. That's like six, that, that's six yards a catch. And his longest catch of the day was nine yards. And even when he was making his catches, D, uh, Jason Verrett was right there. <laughs> yeah. He, and there, he, he, there was like one slant where he got some decent quick separation that I think got him a first down in the, near the goal line, but Jason Verrett was right there the entire time. And the biggest play between the two of them had to come, I think it was late in the first half, if if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was in the third quarter. It's tough for me to put it all together when it's all jammed. You know, it all blends together after a while. But you had that deep shot down the left sideline, and it was just one of those stereotypical catches that we're used to seeing DeAndre Hopkins make on a consistent basis, and he goes up and he catches it right over Jason Brett, but Jason Brett just textbook played that shit and and came up through DeAndre Hopkins' hands and batted the ball away. And yeah, it was it was right before the half because DeAndre Hopkins went into the locker room right after that. So it was just, I mean, it was just a, a super encouraging performance for Jason Brett. And again, I, I've done this multiple times throughout the year. Anytime I have a chance to kind of like bang the drum for Jason Brett, I will because I mean he's had a couple of down games this year. 
But overall, he's played at an extremely high level and has overcome some insane injury circumstances to get to where he, he is right now. And from what I can tell, if the 49ers don't find a way to bring him back next year, he's going to get a decent paycheck from someone. It may be a contract that includes a lot of incentives just because of, again, how many injuries he's sustained in his past. But he has played well enough to where he will have a job in this league next year. And it, and it, and it might be a multi-year contract. It might be for some decent numbers. Obviously, corners get paid a lot, but Jason Brett's a very, very specific, you know, a very different situation. But God damn, man, I'm just happy for that guy. Yeah, he's definitely somebody that, you know, you, you hope that he's a priority resign. And, and that's what we've been saying, right? We've been kind of saying the same guys, you know, Trent Williams, uh, you know, Jason Verrett, Kawan Williams, and, you know, especially, I mean, with Verrett and Kawan Williams. Kawan Williams played extremely well. Now, after he kind of left the field, I texted you, I sent you a text message, and I was like, Hey, sure, this kind of get banged up a lot, you know. Like, gosh, you know, you want to be, you want to feel a little more comfortable about somebody that you're probably gonna have to pay, make one of the top paid slot, uh, nickel corners in the league. But uh, he made plays, man. Made some key stops, key tackles, got a sack. Uh, just tremendous, I think. Really, just with the the, the 49 secondary in general. But it, it was good to see Verrett make plays and and uh, Kwan Williams as well. Yeah, man, there was a lot of a lot of really good stuff to take from that game. And one thing we've obviously got to mention is George Kittle. You got back in the game. Contrary to what many, many people felt shouldn't happen, George Kittle got back in the game. He played. He, he ended up catching four catches for 92 yards. I mean, I would have to go back and watch and see how big of an impact he had in the run game. But I don't think it's a coincidence that C.J. Beathard is starting meaning the Arizona Cardinals can feel like they can load the box and focus on the run game. George Kittle comes back, and the 49ers rush for 227 yards and 7.6 yards per carry. Obviously, I'm I'm not saying that the entire reason that the rushing offense blew up was because of George Kittle. I'm just saying that I don't think it's a coincidence that a guy like that comes back and all of a sudden shit's working. You know, it's just it, when George Kittle's on the field, defenses have to account for him. And whether he's knocking somebody's hat off in the run game or he's going out for a, a route, it's just he's just he has to be accounted for at all times, no matter what the play is. People need, you know, linebackers are always staring at George Kittle because either he's going to be coming up to block him or he's going to go out on a route. So, I mean, it's just it just was good to have him back. No, he didn't get hurt. He's fine. He's he's in good spirits after the game. You know, it's just to me, and here's and this is kind of just going off that a little bit. Is to me, I challenge anybody to watch that football game play out. Watch how the players react to it. Watch how important that win. Watch how they react to winning that game. And then w- listen to all the press conferences after the game. And talk to me about how that shit is meaningless. It just like I understand how how fans look at games and how there's this bigger picture look to all the things, but in terms of once you walk onto, you know, an NFL facility, the term meaningless football does not exist. It's like not a real thing. And and with CJ Beathard making his first start of 2020. 
It's been one year since his brother was brother died in uh, in a stabbing. Obviously, the team, everybody mentioned it in their press conferences. C.J. Beathard talked about it. He talked about how he couldn't write a better script, about how it meant the world to him. And it was just like there was so much stuff about this game, not to mention the fact that I believe the uh, the, the broadcasters could have been wrong, but the broadcasters said that if the Bears beat the Jaguars, then the Cardinals are eliminated from the playoffs, which – Obviously, for the 49ers, anytime you could keep a division opponent, anytime you could beat a division opponent is one thing, and anytime you can keep them from reaching the playoffs is a whole nother thing. So there were just so many things about this game that you can tell just meant the world to the team. And then you just kind of go on on Twitter and you read people like, oh, it's just meaningless football. Why is George Kittle playing? Blah, 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 blah. Well, come on. Like... It's just not what you see. It's not reality. It's not it's not the way it really is in an NFL building and it's just it was just cool to see the 49ers go out there and and do something for themselves especially in the situation they're in, you know, with Christmas yesterday. Um they're in Arizona just trying to make the best of it. They're technically at, at in the Cardinals house even though that was named their home field and they still go in there and they get a win in spite of everything. Like god damn, man, like if if you can't get up for that, I just don't know what the fuck to tell you. Also, like, I think a good thing to kind of mention too is 49ers will be at least 500 in the division, you know, and that in a down year, that's 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 still, you know, something cool because you want to win your divisional games. You don't want to be that bottom team in the division. So, you know, just as – You don't want to be the doormat. Yeah, you don't want to be the doormat. And, you know, obviously with the 49ers – uh, the way the season has gone with, you know, with, with everything, it's, it's tough. You know, it's been tough for them and shoot, they still have another divisional round game uh, next week. And, and I'm pretty sure they'll try to play spoiler against the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, it's just the way they've been playing the Seahawks lately and the Seahawks have kind of started to play a little bit differently over the last couple of years than what they started with. Um, you know, that, that game could get weird. That game could get weird. So yeah, I, I just loved watching it and it's, and it was really cool to just listen to the players talk about what it meant to them, what it meant to Bethard, uh, after the game, it's just, just one of those things that kind of puts you, puts it into perspective that football is still a human sport. And there's a bunch of guys out there playing that are putting their health on the line every day. And yeah, they get paid a lot of money to do that, but there's just very human factors about you know, about, about winning in football and what it means to the team. So it's just, to me, when I see people talk about, you know, Oh, the two lad, they're, they're out of the playoffs, two more games of the season. This doesn't mean shit. It's just like, well, you know, watch that game, listen to the press conferences, watch the press conferences, see the looks on their faces and, and tell me it was meaningless. You know, it means, it definitely means something to them now. Like, you know, just the talking heads like me, you know, of course, like, you know, I'll talk about the draft and stuff, but I can guarantee you nobody in that, building from a personnel, you know, standpoint, you know, the players, the coaches, they are not thinking about the draft. They are thinking about preparing for a game and putting their best foot forward to win the game, regardless of the circumstances. So, you know, to, so like when, when I see something like that and I, you know, I got the tweets like, man, uh, try to get that top 10 pick. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. 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 I know that's not what the 49ers are thinking. And it is cool to see them, you know, fight like that and get a W. And it was cool to see that at the end of, 
2017, their first season, for them to rally off those five straight wins because you see that the team is all in and they're buying into what the 49ers are trying to do. 49ers are going to be back next year and they're going to be good. They are going to be really good. Uh, And games like this, wins like this, kind of reassures you of that. They're not just down and out. They're still playing for their head coach. Uh, You know, they just have had a tough, tough luck with, I don't, I mean, obviously injuries, but I just think really more so at the quarterback position because now you see that they're having a lot of people down on Kyle. And I don't want to say down on Kyle. There are a lot of people that have been just being like, hey, he needs to take blame. He needs to take blame. You and I have come on the podcast and said, look, we know what the issue is, you know, and it's not Kyle. It's the quarterback position, not having your starter out there, having a backup out there that turns the ball over far too much, continues to score for the other team. Uh, That was the bigger issue. And you see in a performance like today, like, yeah, like exactly what we were saying the issue has been, they limited that today and and they won. So, you know, I mean, I know obviously the season isn't over yet, but I'm looking forward to next season. Games like this kind of gets me hyped for like, man, 49ers get healthy. Like that that would have been a 40 to 10 blowout win last year, you know, if if the Cardinals offense plays like that. Right. And I, and I think you made a good point, man. And, and, I, and there's no question that the 49ers can upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. And they may have the opportunity to do that this offseason. But if, if Jimmy Garoppolo had stayed healthy or at the very least had maybe – along with the team, handled that that ankle injury differently and hadn't come back and maybe given it a chance to fully heal before coming back, the 49ers could very well be either firmly in the playoffs or um, or, or winning the division at this point. It, it, and and I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that's just because Jimmy Garoppolo is incredible, but he's a hell of a lot better than the other options that the 49ers have at quarterback. And, and that's with the 49ers' current slate of injuries. If I feel like if just Jimmy Garoppolo could have could have made it work this season, then the 49ers would be in the playoff hunt firm, either in the playoffs, in the playoff hunt or, you know, like I said, possibly competing to win the division. That's just how important the quarterback is to a team. So, it, it, you know, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo getting healthy and playing for the team in 2021 or the team finding another option to upgrade. I think Croc's spot on in saying, like, look, the, the, the 49ers, even with all the players they're going to lose in free agency, the 49ers are still a really good football team. And doing the things they're doing right now is like making that foundation just a little bit stronger. You know, being able when the chips are down and, and you shouldn't be winning football games, being able to, to grind out wins like this against the division opponent and keep them out of the playoffs. That shit means a lot more than I think a lot of people realize. It's just it's estab- establishing an attitude. You know, and, and and beating the Cardinals today was just a, a another step towards, let's say, you know, even if they do lose to the Seahawks, but, it, you know, it, it's really not that big of a deal because obviously the Seahawks are, are a very fortified playoff opponent. But imagine if the 49ers beat the Cardinals and the Seahawks to end a season where they're not going to the playoffs, but they're going to walk out of that building with their chins up, knowing that they are still a a dangerous football team. And that, you know, all that shit goes into that, you know, that winning culture that you're establishing that a lot of people would argue are more important than your draft picks, you know. And I guarantee, like Crocker said, I can guarantee you that that John Lynch right now, who's in charge of making those draft picks, is smiling. He doesn't care that the 49ers dropped from 12th to 14th in the draft order. 
He cares that his football team that he's put together is finding ways to win despite the incredibly bad injury luck they've had. So, you know. One thing I would like to 49ers do, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead, but it it kind of even made it a little bit more, you know, clearer and and apparent uh, watching this game tonight, but they got to invest more in a backup quarterback. You know, you can't, you know, if if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the guy moving forward, you're going to have to spend a little bit of money in in a quarterback who can just do a little bit more offensively for you. To see what they had to do to win with C.J. Beathard today, it, it was like he he didn't want to throw the ball at all. And it kind of reminded me of – And when the, he did, it was slow as hell. Yeah, well, first half, I was just like, what is he doing? And I think second half, he was like, you know what? We're not even going to really just drop back and throw with him. They did a few bootlegs to kind of just get, you know, easy reads for him out in the space and make it so he just wasn't sitting there in the pocket. And then he, like, made a couple of throws downfield to Kittle, and that was kind of it. <laughs> like, everything else was just Wilson just running his ass off. Um, but it was just like, you know, like, and we've said this with Garoppolo as well, that, that the, the offense he has run with Garoppolo – I don't think that's the version of the offense that he wants to run. I think obviously Kyle is going to do whatever to win the game and whatever he has to do to get whoever's that quarterback comfortable. But tonight, I don't think that's what he wants to have to do to win. Um, Kind of what we've seen from Garoppolo this year and even last year, I don't think he wants to have to win like that. Obviously, I'm pretty sure he's okay uh, to win like that if it's going to result in wins. But you would like to see – uh, the offense be able to open up more. And um, I think it's been dumbed down so much, especially with C.J. Beathard. And I, I think he did right by Beathard, and you probably would have liked to see him do the same things with Mullins. But ideally, you know, if your defense isn't holding a team to stops like that, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball. And it – it, with Beth, with Beathard back there, it looked a little shaky. So I, if, if that's one thing I would take would make a priority, I, I'd have to have a backup quarterback that I have a little bit more confidence in, because it, it, this reminds me of the win against the Rams, where it was like, okay, well the 49ers, you know, forced four takeaways and get a defensive touchdown, and it's like, well, you know, they they, they won great, but you knew it wasn't pretty for Mullins. Uh, this was kind of the same word. Better, I'm not saying Better played poorly. I'm just saying that the game plan you could see, Kyle was really holding his hand the entire time. When you look at the numbers, they're not going to be bad. But when you watch the game, it was clear that he wasn't trying to really put the ball in the air or do anything to put the game in harm's way. Well, and. and- you know, dang it, I was about to make – oh, yeah, what I was going to say, just to stir the quarterback pot a little bit, because obviously I, I do agree with you that the 49ers need to make sure that they have a, a backup quarterback that they probably have a little bit more faith in than what they've had this year. I think that's important. I don't – obviously backup quarterbacks are never going to be particularly good, but I don't think we've, for the most part, seen even good quarter mediocre quarterback play from the 49ers backups this year. I'm not going to get on CJ because he just came in there and got a win and – through three touchdowns and zero interceptions. But um, 
The one thing I will say, though, to stir the quarterback pot a little bit earlier is in this humiliating loss for the – sorry, I'm about to sneeze a little bit, and I don't want to on stream. In this humiliating loss for the Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford did leave with an ankle injury just a week before the end of the season. There's been a lot of rumors about the Lions possibly moving on from here, and I believe even the broadcast mentioned whether it was Stafford having an out or the Lions having an out of his contract. I think it was the Lions having an out of his contract after this season. So there's some interesting, just something to consider in the quarterback scene. It's the fact that maybe things just aren't that positive between Stafford and the Lions right now. But again, they're about to hire a head coach and a GM, and 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 having Stafford in the building is, is probably a huge selling point. So we'll see. But everybody and their mom has been mentioning Stafford and what he would be like in the 49ers offense, which is cool and all. But I know both Crocker and I have not wanted to really entertain it because it just doesn't seem like a reality. But Stafford left the game today with an angle injury. The Lions got beat 47-7. to And then the broadcast was talking about contracts between, you know, decisions between Stafford and, and the Lions. So, I don't know. Could could could, could be interesting. This is definitely be an interesting offseason. <laughs> I know, man. Sure. At, least, at least, you know, we'll have shit to talk about. We definitely will. You got anything else you want to touch on between the about the 49ers? A uh, little win over the Cardinals? A little win. Big win, man. Yep. Yep. It was. It was. But, <laughs> but nah, I think, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good too. I think we touched – again, We we uh, this is always just kind of our reaction to what we saw on the field. Uh, we'll be back on here tomorrow breaking down the game in more details, uh, handing out some you know game balls to the winners and the losers. Uh, of what we felt like contributed. If you're uh, if you watch the game, you you probably have a very very good idea of who one of the losers will be. But um, hey, we'll get to that when we get to that. As always, I appreciate you guys, especially today. Thank you for listening to my uh, my allergy ridden voice for another forty minutes. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for supporting the pod. Everything's been great, um, especially as this year year comes to a close. You know, I just want to make sure you guys know that I appreciate you guys for listening. But for another episode, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Peace out. And justice for Kendrick Bourne, I need that one catch. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. 
And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.